Here's a party favor. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you didn't get one or if you want more than one, uh, there are more out on the uh, little connection cart in the lobby. Encourage you to take notes on the back if you want. A little bit different from our normal kind of kind of study format that we have, where we have the little uh, lift notes with fill in the blanks and stuff. We uh, there's a lot of content as a take home ongoing tool that summarizes a lot of what we've been going after in the last uh, number of weeks. And we encourage you to fold it in half and put it in your Bible or find a safe spot for it. We'll send it out electronically this week. If you want to be able to download it on your phone, we'll send out a PDF. Uh, If you're not on the email list, there's a little uh, welcome to Elevation. Uh, Let's get to know you cards right there on the connection card. You can just put a name and, and email and we'll make sure you get all the communications, including this. Um, but this is a tool for that ongoing relationship with Jesus that never ends in our uh, growing to be more like him, to encounter him in greater measure. That's one of the things that we are so passionate about here at, at Elevation of being disciples. That means learner, and you never stop learning. You never stop knowing Jesus more. You never stop, you never get to the, the bottom of the well, so to speak, of who God is. And, and that is not a discouragement, that's an encouragement that there's always more. No matter how powerful and beautiful and present and personal and real God has been in your life, and he wants to be in ways that blow your mind, no matter how much you've already experienced, there is always more. And that, that truly has put a, a childlike hunger in us to say, wow, this Jesus, you are real. Like there, in, our, in our life, in our world, in our minds, there's no question about that. Jesus has showed up and showed off in so many different tangible ways that, that to me, to us, are undeniably real. That, that's, that the question isn't, is Jesus the Savior of the world, as we just sang, all hail King Jesus, the one and only, the way, the truth, and the life? No, that's, that's settled, that's done, it's true. And now we have the privilege as his children to get to know him in greater measure, as Jesus himself said in John 17, 3, life, eternal life, is about knowing God and the one whom he sent. And that starts right now, that eternal life, because we can know God right now. And then in increasing measure, as we seek him, as we ask, seek, and knock. And so the tool that we're going to go over today is, a, is a, in a sense, some brass tacks, some practicals, some nuts and bolts about one of our core discipleship tools. So if you're just joining us, we are uh, in the uh, bonus round of our eight-week series on discipleship in community as we went over three of the what we believe are the most important tools to following Jesus. One is all about the gospel. What is the gospel? (laughs) That's pretty important. We went over that for several weeks and the tool that went with it. You can find all these things on weareelevation.com or the podcast. You can look up We Are Elevation and you can get caught up to speed on what are literally the most important things we believe in following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus. So there's the what is the gospel There's the question of how do we have sustainable fruit? How do we bear fruit abiding in God, not getting burned out by this life that's so hard, but having sustainable good fruit where we keep growing, keep bearing good fruit. And then this last one is all about relationship. Jesus said it like this when someone says, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets hang on these things. It's so important to ponder and think about the reality of what that means. We've been doing it the last few weeks, but just a quick review. Jesus said the greatest thing that we can focus on is relationship. We are made for relationship with God and others. The greatest investment we can make is to love God with everything we've got and then pass that on to others around us. What is that about? It's about 
relationship. That relationship has the highest currency and value in the kingdom of God. And so then we come to the question, so how do we live this out? And I want to take us to one more scripture verse that we haven't gone over yet. But quickly, first, the framework that we've been working with. What we try to establish is that Jesus teaches and models for us intentional investment of time, effort, and energy in relationships that you can describe to keep it simple because we need simple tools. We're not trying to go beyond the Bible. We're trying to take the, the deep, profound truths of the Bible and let them be simple so that we can remember them and live off of them. And we did not invent this tool. Our, one of our mentors, Mike Breen, said that you can summarize the relationships that Jesus taught and modeled for us to invest in by the little words up, in, and out. Test it out in your own life, but it's incredibly simple, and it is so biblical. Up is the relationship, the personal, vibrant, living, powerful, real relationship with God. The in is those life-giving relationships in community that we are made for, that lift us up and help us come more alive through the encouragement, through the challenge, through the truth, through the love, through the acceptance, all those goodies of, of a few and a community. And then there's the out, looking beyond ourselves to serve others, to serve others, to see the kingdom of God advance as we share good news in both word and deed. So we follow God out on his mission Jesus said, to, to seek and save the lost, to have compassion on the crowds because they're harassed and helpless. And we have been the crowd and we are the crowd and we want to go in love with compassion like Jesus. So it's that up, in, and out. So a key question is, okay, if that's the most valuable thing in the kingdom, the most valuable thing is relationships, up relationship with God, in with community, out in the world, what do we do with that? What's a framework for the our part, our responsibility in that. Because in any real relationship, you play a part, right? I would venture to say you have no good relationships in your life that you haven't taken responsibility to make good. You've put in time, effort, and energy. Because it's real relationship. And that's modeled all throughout the scripture. Relationship with God, there's responsibility on our part. Relationship with others, with those in-community members, good friendships, life-giving relationships, those take responsibility, effort on our part, and out into the world. We're not gonna change the world by doing nothing. <laughs> we join God on his mission. So I just wanna give us one text that helps us frame that. And it's a very famous one, but when we think about the up, in, and out relationships that we're designed for, and we say, okay, so what do we do with that? It comes down to a simple concept. How are you stewarding it? Are you investing your time, effort, and energy well to see these relationships prosper? Matthew 25. It's a very famous passage. For time's sake, we're going to read a short portion of it. Jesus described the kingdom of God like this. It'll be like a man, this is verse 14, be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. So we are his servants. He has property. God has stuff to give us. To one he gave five talents. To another he gave two. To another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. So God gives us capital to invest. He, had, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. He didn't do anything. He didn't carry that responsibility of being a good steward with what had been given him. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, 
good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We'll pause there for time's sake because there's more nuts and bolts we want to get into. You know, most of you might know the story well, but it's so profound to think about Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, which is the literal language he says is the gospel. So what does it look like for God as king to reign in our life so that heaven transforms earth? into every nook and cranny of our life. Jesus says, well, there is a part that you play. God is going to give you all sorts of capital. And your responsibility is to invest it well. And what we can see by the greatest commandment, Jesus says, the greatest capital we have is relationships. If the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You see, that's an investment. That's a choice. There's responsibility. We choose what to do with our time, effort, and energy in order to invest in loving God. So Jesus is saying that's the highest currency. It's the most valuable thing in the kingdom, and therefore it's the most valuable capital that you've been given, and therefore how you invest relationally is at the top of God's priority list for our life. Are we investing well? Are we investing up, in, and out? Are we being good stewards with the time, effort, energy, gifts, the capital that he has given us to see those kingdom currency relationships multiply? Because it is what eternity is all about, and it starts now. So, our encouragement moving forward as we hope that you would take this party favor home and, and, and really live on it. I mean, this is one of those, <laughs> it's so core, it's so foundational, it's so basic, but it's so powerful and deep and profound, this triangle, and that's just to try to be a remembrance tool, up, in, and out. Those relationships are what life is all about And we have the privilege to steward them well, to see a kingdom increase in all of those areas so that we have a fantastic, fruitful, beautiful, personal, powerful relationship with God, so that we have life-giving relationships, that we're not lonely and depressed and anxious because nobody cares and we don't get encouraged and we don't have fun and we're not able to be playful and all these these relationships with others that we can feel we're made for. God says, I want you to have that in abundance. And then he says, I want you to know that you have purpose and you can change the world. And it might just be one person or it might be 10 or it might be a thousand. That's not the point. The point is you're made for mission. You're made to engage with me and the gifts and passions I've given you to have a positive influence, a kingdom influence on the world around you. And between those three things, life is filled with so much love and joy and purpose and and fun. And life is good the way God designed it. And there's great responsibility on our part to experience that abundance. And so we can constantly, not in a manner of condemnation of we're not doing good enough, but in the manner of under grace, I have the privilege to have this responsibility. God, show me how I can continue to learn to invest with more wisdom and more passion and more precision so that there is effectiveness in my time, effort, and energy that I invest to see kingdom fruit to your glory. And so the idea is that these up, in, and out questions that you have in front of you can be tools that you live on, we live on for the rest of our life. I mean, we wrote these questions together, honestly, just out of prayer of God, what are effective strategies of in that you've showed us over the last 20 years? We didn't open the book. Like our mentor has a list of these. We didn't open the book just because we want to live from that authentic place. 
So when we write sermons, even most of the time, it's completely from scratch. The last, last eight weeks, we've been giving credit to our mentor for these particular tools, and he wrote these, but we still like to make it authentic because if, if you don't know us, what we want to say is we are not into just going through the motions to check a box of religion and church. We are not into that at all. We are into authentic, real relationship with Jesus. And so, we, you know, it's like, all right, we're going through this message. Let's test it. <laughs> we're writing up, in, and out as tools for others. Let's not see what someone else has done. Let's just pray. God, what have you done in showing us how to do up, how to do in, how to do out? From your word, but you've made it real. And here's, here's some. And we stopped because it was just going to get messy to be double-sided and have more than eight and a half by 11, but what a random, you know, arbitrary stopping point. But God is good. God is real. I'll, I'll come up with your own practices. With these, this is just meant to be a helpful tool of reference as you seek God and seek to honor his word in that stewardship of up, in, and out. These are simply meant to be some helpful starting points. And every single one is based on Scripture. You can see, after every question, there's a scripture of where that came from. There could be multiple scriptures for each one, but again, don't want to overwhelm. And so the, the privilege in all of this is moving forward. God says, in the responsibility of stewarding this well, it's not under the compulsion of, of condemnation or religious fear and oppression. It's what a privilege that we get to increase in relationship with God, healthy relationship with God, others, and the world for the rest of our lives. How exciting is that? No matter where you're at right now, God's will for your life is an increase in healthy relationships with other people an increase in intimacy with him, an increase in power and effectiveness in advancing God's kingdom out in the world. How good is that? It is, praise God. And so that's what these are about. It's about tools for the journey. All right, pause. I'm too excited. I'll stop. It's only 10.30? No. I want to give us a very practical litmus test of this verse. So I'm going to read it again, even though we've read it so many times. Jesus replied, the lo Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the relationships being the focal point of how we live in obedience to what God wants us to walk in, in experiencing more and more of his abundant life, of living out the, really seeing the birthing of heaven on earth, his, the kingdom of God on earth, in our relationship with him and in our relationships with others. And a very simple litmus test is to think about it just like you would any other relationship in your life. We have, a, we have a natural way of testing relationships. For example, my relationship with him. Here's kind of the question for all of the relationships. How close are you and how filled with life is this relationship? And so that question really makes things tangible. Because if I ask that question with he and I, if we're not regularly spending time together, if we're not in communion, talking, and, you know, emotionally investing, that's not a healthy relationship. And the same goes with God. Sometimes it's just easy to keep things in very churchy lingo, in almost like a churchy subsection of our brain, of, oh, I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to spend this time with God. And he wants to be with us always. He wants to be with us always. And so there's no condemnation if we don't feel like they're very, we're very close to these relationships, whether it's up with God or in with fellowship. 
ask the Holy Spirit to show us what steps do we want to take. You know, um, God wants to be transforming us all of the time. And I was so blessed this week because the Holy Spirit was really speaking to my oldest son as he's going through some pretty crazy trials. He's been pressing into the Lord for strength. And I was so blessed by what the Holy Spirit spoke to him in the book of James. Uh, We don't need to go into the details of it, but the, the gist of it was just that God was showing him the power of his words, and that even the small amount of complaining, you know, the word of God in James says um, something to the effect of the tongue and setting a fire that's not good, setting your whole body on fire and the world around you. And he felt like the Holy Spirit was really convicting him that, you know, he's going through some very unjust things. There's actually people spreading lies about him because of jealousy. And it's just not good. So he kind of has every right to complain because he's a good person, full of integrity, but that's not God's ways. And he's partnering. He felt like the Holy Spirit was showing him very clearly from the word of God that when he's complaining, that he's partnering with the enemy to to further the kingdom of the enemy instead of listening to God. And he's just, it's been so powerful to me. You know, we've been talking about blessing your enemies. And he said before, like weeks ago, he was just kind of, it was a fluff. And he was like, oh God, bless them, bless them, bless them. And he felt like the Holy Spirit really convicted him to be slow to speak and quick to listen to the Holy Spirit. And to take time and listen to the Holy Spirit about what he wants to pour out on those people to be lavishing them and agreeing with God for their good, for the kingdom of God to break through for their sake. Not from a place of, oh God, get them, they've been so bad to me. But God, we just, we're crying out for your mercy for them with your heart. And he's been pressing, anyways, that blessed me so much. And that to me popped up as a litmus test almost that when we're in healthy fellowship, we are receiving blessing, free blessings of what the Holy Spirit is delivering to those other people, those other parts of the body that are just as, that are so important to the functioning of the body. We all need each other. So how close are you is a good question. And what kind of, and also what kind of nutrients are you receiving? Because the, through the body, we're supposed to be receiving the nutrients of the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the testimony. There's so much power. As my son shared the testimony of God's word coming to him and, be, and the Holy Spirit giving him revelation, like Ephesians 1 talk about, talks about, it literally just infused the life of God into me. And, and, and those same things just took hold and God took me deeper. So that would be a question that I would add to this list of what is, God, what, has, what is God pouring out into my life through the body as a part of the in relationships and then as part of the up relationship with him, how close, think of that as a marriage relationship, honestly. How, how, what kind of questions do you ask about your marriage or any marriage relationship? What's the, what's the closest, closeness level that is your bar? It's not way down here. It's not just, you know, I got my time in the Bible and now I'm going about my day. There's a communion and an intimacy and a togetherness that, you know, Jesus chose marriage to reflect our relationship with him. He actually created marriage to be a reflector of the intimacy and beauty of our relationship with him. So how much more, how much more is that relationship of us as the body, us us as the bride of Christ? Yeah, I love as you're sharing, it, it just, that passion for there's always more relationship. And we never approach this from a place of, of condemnation because we're covered under the grace of God. Jesus was perfect for us because we are never going to be. So now, because we're perfect in God's eyes, which Colossians 1 says, as we're wrapped in the righteousness of Christ, we're blameless before him, Colossians 1, to 24. Read it if you need to, to be convinced. 
that we are blameless without accusation. No one can even accuse you of not being blameless when you're wrapped in Christ. And so in that freedom, now, now we have the confidence to, to say, God, show me where I need to grow. Show me where I need to grow so I can get closer to you. I want to be closer to you. I want to have better relationships in community. I want to be more effective out in the world. And so we come with, with a confidence and a passion. What Don's talking about just now, too, reminds me of one of the key points of up in and out as we want to seek to invest wisely, look for combo opportunities. Look for combo opportunities, convergence opportunities where more than one thing is happening. They're not isolated. It's not like you only do up by itself and it never touches in and out. You, don't do, you do in by itself and it never touches out or up. No, no, no. The best is when they all converge. Like right now, so proud of the Zambia team who's committed to that nine-month journey. There is up, in, and out all over the place. Like there is ultimately like they, they uh, united around a mission, so that's the out, to serve the Breath of Heaven's Children's Village in Zambia, Lusaka, Africa. Lusaka, Zambia. That's a mission. That's an out. They're preparing the whole year, learning from Mike and Alicia, who've been there together like 12 times. So there's great wisdom to pass on in, in all sorts of different aspects of doing that out effectively. And at the same time, they are a team of 15 that are intentionally learning to be a Christ-following community, serving together, praying for one another, learning about the different gifts and passions that each of them have and how they can complement one another, one another like the body of Christ is described as. And in that whole time, they're doing up. Because it's about reflecting of God, what are you saying to me? Which is back to our first tool, the learning circle, the gospel, which is as learners, as followers of Jesus, we're always carrying that posture, or should be, could be, if we want to be close to God and see breakthrough. God, what are you saying to me? What are you wanting to say to me in this situation? What are you wanting to teach me? What breakthrough are you wanting to bring? What obedience are you calling me to, to line up with you, to exchange Lies that I might be carrying about myself, God, others in the world, and, and exchange them for the truth of heaven and live it out. So it's up, in, and out all at one time. And, and I encourage you to think strategically, wisely, in how to do multiple things at one time. Don just described how what started as an in with our son could have been left there. But with that heart for up, in, and out to always be increasing, she took it from that in with our son to then up with the Lord to where that became fuel for the whole week in the Scripture, in James, reading it, meditating on it. God, how do you want to speak to me through it? And this is where life gets so fun. I mean, some of the, the, the greatest times we've had with our family is seeing those things converge. So my, our 16-year-old son loves basketball. So that's an in for me and him to build and develop healthy relationship with my son. Talked about this many times. We go play basketball. So that's in. We, we connect. We have fun. We pass. We've had jokes. You know, it's the, the old guy and, you know, the young kid. Lots of great times doing that. Oh, yeah, there are stories. Like, there's some fun stuff. Like, hey, you're the OG. I'm like, oh, okay. And I found out that was the old guy. You know, I thought they were giving me some compliments on my shot. No. It was that, wow, this guy that's like twice our age is playing with us. This is, haha, this is cool. And this little kid, you know, so lots of that kind of stuff. But we've bonded. My son and Daniel have absolutely bonded. But then it's turned into mission to where God has set up divine appointments, where we've built relationship and, and ended up in a two-hour divine appointment in the jacuzzi with a, a, a refugee from the Middle East who's Muslim. And he's asking questions about God through the relationship that he's seen my son and I have. And it's like, what just happened? This is beautiful. From in and just seeing God work, now there's an out. Or you can sometimes start with an out and then be strategic. So one example is regularly we were doing treasure hunts for a while where we would go out and take risks and say, Holy Spirit, would you give us clues and speak to us about people out there that are your treasures that you want us to find? 
And as, I, as we're talking about this and reflecting, doing up together at home, one of my sons hears. And he's like, oh, that's, that's, that sounds really cool. God talks to you. That's, that's fun. Hey, you want to come with? And then it's out and in happening together. And then we reflect on it together. And now it's up. It starts, as, it starts with out, goes to in, and then goes to up. And it's this beautiful combination of wise investing, God will show us how to increasingly make wise investments so we're not just doing one thing, but there's a combination of all of them so that they're growing in, in every direction. And that is the goal. Grow in every direction. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says this. The Lord is spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, there's a lot of churchy language in there, and so we need to unpack that. We are being transformed into the same image of Christ, the likeness of Christ, from one degree of glory to another. In other words... God's will for your life is to become more and more and more and more like Jesus in this life. Because it says, as we're beholding him, as we get to know Jesus, as we see him for who he is, as the Holy Spirit helps us encounter Jesus, we will be transformed to be like him in increasing measure in every way. And so you can take that into well, wow, look at Jesus' up relationships, look at his in relationships, look at his out relationships. He's the model for all of it. He's the best. He's the 10 out of 10. He's the, 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 the best example we've ever seen in human history of all of those things. And that's God's will for your life, to move more and more in that direction. That's good news. And so part of the, self, the healthy self-assessment, we've done this before. It takes a strong identity to do this. Take up, in, and out. If Jesus is 10 out of 10, rate yourself. One out of 10, what are you? Under grace? Under grace? First of all, the answer is I'm perfect in God's eyes because I'm wrapped in the robe of righteousness. So now I can be honest and God assess my life. That's what the psalmist says in 139. Search me, God. Show me if there's any way that's crooked in me so that you can lead, examine me so you can lead me in the everlasting way. So there's a confidence as a Christian, as a follower of God, to say, show me where I need to grow. Because I know I'm already perfect in your eyes through Christ. So now I get to grow. But I'm not going to grow if I'm not honest where I need to grow. So we've done it before, multiple times. Kind of a lifestyle. And it becomes a lifestyle, exactly. So you could do it once in a while. Hey, I'm going to check in here. Holy Spirit, just for fun, let's play a little game. Jesus is 10 out of 10. How am I doing? Hey, I'm into the rating system, all right? I got a B minus last time. Okay, Woo! We'll add something after that. No, no. You, I'm not saying you have to no. do this. This is one way. I've found it effective at times just to be sober. Of like, wow, actually in my life, I'm maybe doing one thing really well, but this other area, if I'm honest, like it's not happening at all. Or it's, it's like at like a two. Those can be, it, it's just about healthy examination. Under grace, and that's really what the, the, all these questions are about. Not trying to, don't walk around and tell people your numbers and certainly don't feel condemned by them. That's not the goal. But if there's healthy self-assessment, just be creative with it. She doesn't like the numbers? No, no, no. Then okay. all the questions, it's the same exact thing. Where you would, so let's go on this and then I'll be done and it's all you. Yeah. Yeah, I would say just a simple way to say that is also take the pulse of the relationship. Yes. Take the pulse of the relationship. I'm not super into numbers, only because I don't know. It, you're not good at math. It's okay. Oh my gosh! It, only because it gives us it gives us this idea. I don't know, just a rating system of oh, I'm good or I'm bad or. But the the thing to to remember, like he said, is it's not when God shows us something. It's because He wants to give us so much more. When we come to him and ask, it's because he has so much more that he wants to pour out into us. So this week as my son is sharing his testimony, I'm not feeling condemned because the Holy Spirit's showing me how I'm complaining and saying negative things. 
I'm feeling wind in my sails because God is bringing revelation and he wants to revolutionize my life and fill it with more of his glory. So the filter, the filter is always no condemnation because Jesus said himself, he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He is the God of salvation. All right, so why don't you all get your papers out here and just want to make a couple points about kind of how to use the up, in, and out questions as a tool. So right at the top, the idea is we would make sober observations. Kind of this is in the spirit of Psalm 139. Would you bring that up real quick? Yes. Thank you. All right. I want to read Psalm 139 real quick because in the spirit of that is how we approach these questions. Search me and know me. This is Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me. There it is. I'm done. Search me. That's what these questions are. Not in condemnation, in excitement about the more. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and test my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me so that you can lead me in the way everlasting. The abundant life comes in greater measure when we allow God to search us so that he can say, hey, I've, again, this is all in promise, in encouragement, in good news. So he can say to us, hey, I've got greater measure of up that I want to bless you with. I've got greater measure of in that I want to bless you with. I've got greater measure of out that I want to bless you with. So as we use this tool, the idea is that we would Top of the page there says, make sober observations about how we are stewarding our relationships of up with God, in with community, out with the world. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight one of these and talk to God about it. This is way too much stuff for one time with God. This is, in a sense, meant to be like a framework for life. So it's just don't, we're, this is not like, hey, complete this in a quiet time. No, complete this in a lifetime. Like, none of us are going to exhaust the fullness of any of these things. This is about saying a lot of powerful promises of God for us about up, in, and out. And so we come and we say, Holy Spirit, highlight one. Holy Spirit, what do you want to talk to me about today? Because I want to steward relationships wisely. I want to steward relationships with the value that you put on, on them. You said they're the highest currency in the kingdom. So I want to honor you by getting alone with you and, and reading a few and saying, Holy Spirit, highlight one. Give me a, a sober observation. And, and sometimes it's going to just be all, it can be a great encouragement. Like God might just highlight one and say, hey, I want to highlight, man, in this last season of your life, you are doing a fabulous job giving words of encouragement to others. That's part of the in, is that we would be people of encouragement. In fact, it's a command. In 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly pursue the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Don't let that scare you. It just means hearing, of, hearing from God, hearing from the Holy Spirit on behalf of others to share good news that lifts them up, builds them up, encourages them, comforts them not judge them. It's right there in the text. And so that's part of our DNA. It's meant to be as followers of Jesus. We are great encouragers of one another. We see the gold. We don't see the junk. So God might want to just highlight, hey, you know what? Good job with that. That's awesome the way you've been growing in that. Or another one might be, he might highlight something. Hey, I want to take you deeper in this. Hey, as you heard that message about that constant communion with God, Pray unceasingly where you can have a conversation with God all the time to where there's, there's joy that rises up, communing in God presence, God's presence all throughout the day, no matter what task you're doing. 
and that was very attractive to you, I want to take you deeper in that. Walk with me this week. Let me show you some ways that's going to look like. So we ask these questions with the, the, the confidence that we're perfect in God's eyes because of Jesus and now as his beloved children that are just learning and growing for more of him, let's confidently say, search me, God. Lead me in the everlasting way. Lead me in the abundant life. Another thing I want to add is the lens of guilt and condemnation. If at any point you're aware that there is a feeling of shame, guilt, or condemnation, don't accept that as a status quo, that that's normal. I just feel that way. Have that be a Holy Spirit radar. That's an alarm. Essentially, guilt and condemnation is a stronghold that the enemy loves to use to keep us incapacitated and unable to walk in the grace that Christ paid for with his very blood. So have that be, that's a real driving point for me always. At any place that, that godly repentance, godly sorrow leads to repentance. Repentance means a changing of our mind so that we are a renewing of our mind so that we are aligning with his ways. So godly repentance brings us to a place of transformation where we are experiencing more of the kingdom of God in our lives. Godly repentance is not guilt and shame. That's the, guilt and shame are the enemy's chains to keep us in bondage and stuck not living in the fullness that Christ wants us to live in. Amen. All right, a closing piece here is that in all of this, with Jesus being the model, there's an incredible picture that he paints in John 5.19, where he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Son does, or excuse me, for whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And this is Jesus modeling for us what he would go on later in John 14 through 16 to describe as part of our life as well, our inheritance, the Holy Spirit-led and empowered life. And Jesus models it for us. I mean, it's a shocking statement. The son can do nothing on his own, on his own accord. He only does what he sees the father doing. So there's this partnership through the Holy Spirit with the ebb and flow moving in life to the rhythms of his grace. Moving to the rhythms of his grace so that it, it's, it's not striving. It's a light and easy yoke as the Holy Spirit moves us to the rhythms of his grace. So we say, and this is where I'm getting to, as we look at up in and out, a big portion of it is, what are you doing, God? I'm not approaching, I don't want to approach this with a spirit-less mindset. I want to approach this with a spirit-led mindset of, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you putting your finger on? Holy Spirit, where are you encouraging me that there's more? Holy Spirit, where are, what are you doing right now and wanting to do? And, and, and man, life becomes so adventurous and fun and a light and easy yoke the more that happens. And so I encourage you that, again, Jesus is the model. Jesus is the 10 out of 10. And we get to learn to grow to be more and more like that in, the up, the in, the out, the ebb and flow of it all. But with that said, we also want to say, but don't ignore the basics. We've got to be careful as folks who love the Holy Spirit and seek to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. That doesn't mean that we ignore the basics. Like we don't need to have the Holy Spirit directly tell us to do the basics of up, in, and out on a regular basis. 
God's word has already told us to do up, in, and out on a regular basis, to steward those things well, to invest well. If you have important people in your life, you're married, you have kids, you don't need to ask the Holy Spirit if you should invest well in them today. Okay, those are the things like, these are the basics of life. You don't need to ask the Holy Spirit if you should have a servant's heart out in the world where you're willing to take low positions and serve others. Jesus said, if you are going to be great in the kingdom, become a servant of all. That's a heart set. It's a mindset. You look for those as basics. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ask, seek, knock. You'll seek me. You'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Open the door. I'm knocking. These are (laughs) commands. These are ways of life. So we don't need to ask, God, do you want me to do any up? (laughs) I haven't felt the Holy Spirit led me to do that today. Yeah, I haven't opened my Bible in three years because I'm just spirit led. Basics. These are basics. We don't need the Holy Spirit. We don't need to have the Holy Spirit tell us things that God's already, that the Holy Spirit's already told us to do in his word. So it's like, this is like that word and and spirit. It's the basics and then the the beautiful nuances and ebb and flow and, and flowing to the rhythms of his grace through his spirit. They're both, both awesomely important. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's pray then. No, no, no. I do have something to add. I just wasn't sure. If you could, yeah, that was your last I'm point. Good. Yep. So I feel like the fruit of all of this, as Casey was sharing, you know, John five nineteen, which is a huge verse for us, that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. It's not about an agenda of doing. It's about a lifestyle of being, a lifestyle of being with him, where everything's pouring out of that place. Even when I teach my kids how to be hearing from the Holy Spirit, how to get prophetic words, I make sure that it's not from the perspective, oh, I'm just listening to God now. And it's kind of this isolated, I'm just going to hear him and I'm going to deliver these words. I try to really give them the perspective that you're with him all day. He's always with you. He loves to have fun with you. He wants us to have, like uh, Brother Lawrence so beautifully modeled in the book, Practicing the Presence of God, but it's all over Scripture, an awareness of his presence that is a, it's a simultaneous heart posture of worship and communion in every moment. And, um, you know, a testimony is I, you know, we, we believe in taking care of our bodies because our, you know, bodies are God's temple and we want to live long and healthy and be able to be as kingdom effective as possible and not be impeded by, you know, things that are the result of our own poor choices, <laughs> you know. And so we, you know, we exercise. And I was jumping on our outdoor trampoline yesterday. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit um, just kind of drawing me into, you know, in, in all that we do, do everything for the glory of God. There's a verse in Colossians. There's also um, another verse. I can't remember if it's First or Second Corinthians. Yeah, And everything you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that look like, Lord? What does that look like? Guess what what, what comes in that? What's under the category of everything? Everything. Everything. Even exercise. And while I was jumping, I felt like the Holy Spirit just wanting me to turn my heart towards him in a place of worship. It's very childlike for me. I feel like a child. I love jumping. I just get filled with this glee, and I'm like, so fun. And, um, but I just, yeah, I look like I'm five when I jump on the trampoline. But my point is, the point of our existence is us saying to him and him saying to us, I am with you. I am with you. It's not about the fruit. I mean, sorry, sorry. That's not what I mean. It's the end point is not about what kind of fruit do we have. It's not about the goal of the fruit. 
It's not about the goal of the fruit. If I want to get here, I want to have that beautiful, big, ripe, and juicy fruit. Oh, just get so close to the gardener. Just get so close. Just get so close and walk around with him. And don't condemn yourself for the little fruit that he, you know, he's, it's almost like an image of him taking us around our garden, the garden of our life. And there's some fruit that's kind of like, it's like withered and dead and sun scorched and we haven't watered it. And he's just showing us, you know, let's pour out here. And being in fellowship, being in fellowship is the, is such an inextricable, the main point of our entire journey, that he just wants us to grow in being in fellowship all of the time, day by day and all of the time. He wants us to learn to be in that place of worship and receiving from him. And it doesn't mean that everything's all superficial and holy. If we're not honest about where we're struggling, then we're hiding the parts that are dead and need the resurrection power of Christ, and we're robbing ourselves of living in the glory and power of the resurrected Christ, bringing the dead things to life. So it's not a superficial thing. It's very nitty-gritty. It's very nitty-gritty. It's about deep and true repentance. This week, I repented of a lot of bad mindsets that I didn't realize. You know, the Lord had convicted me of the same thing a couple, like a month ago. And I'm like, wow, how am I back to complaining in my head all of the time? Hmm. But there's no condemnation. It's just, I am with you. Our words to him, his words to us. It's not about checking boxes. Although what God laid out in the word, in the word of God is so important. If we're having a hard time in life, well, laying, checking the box, looking through the boxes and making sure they're checked of getting in fellowship, being in the word of God, and having places that God wants to pour out through us into our world. Those are absolute basics. So, yeah, overarching theme. It's not about a list of boxes. It's about I am with you. You are with me. And we're on a journey of just, just it's this, this beautiful, you know, father, child, child, child relationship with the father. Amen, amen. All right, let's pray. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song. I will dance a new song. Dance like David.